The views, opinions, and accounts expressed on Card Wars are those of the hosts and do not necessarily reflect the Extra Points Podcast Network. Welcome to Card Wars. Here are your hosts, Paul LaDuca and Caleb Keller. Oh, yes, indeed. We are back. I am Caleb. He is Paul. We are spending Cousin Sal's money. And as you heard there in the intro from Ben Scully himself, from those that obviously don't know or maybe are catching us here mid-season, Paul, let's uh, let's revisit the rules of the show before we get into our pickups today okay. and the, the looming NBA playoffs. But tell us again why we're here. Okay, this is what happened. Cousin Sal decided to give me a call on a rainy Monday um, in um, New York and said, hey, would you like to have a podcast? I said, yeah, I only have one partner that I know that uh, knows baseball cards. You want to know if I want to do a baseball card podcast? I said, yeah, my good friend Caleb Keller has a great collection. He decided to give us $10,000 each to invest of his own money. We had to accumulate $10,000 in cards, and then we are going to the national show, which has now um at one time was postponed or did that they did not know when it was going to be is now going to be on target for the end of the july and caleb and i will be there with our ten thousand dollars in cards our collection and see who wins and see who um makes the most money uh we're going to be selling out of the kentucky road show and uh, jimmy's um uh display where he's going to be set up so we'll be selling out of his uh his booth um, and we're looking forward to it. So that's how we got to this point so far. I think we're we're almost halfway through, right, Kellen? Pretty much at the halfway point. And yeah. when we look at what we've spent and how much time we've been doing it, I, I would safely say that we're at the halfway point. But it was really nice to catch that announcement because, you know, they thought, are they going to have to move it back? Is it going to be in October? Because the last week in July, which is when it's set for, is such a perfect week. They got the Cubs in town versus my Reds. Yeah. They got the White Sox. They got the Olympics going. They got the NBA draft. The finals just ended. So, I mean, they couldn't have drawn up a more perfect week in the summer to get it done. So I'm glad to see that announcement that they're on track. Yeah, I mean, it's going on anyway. You and I are in the horse racing world. Um, fans are starting to come back to the racetracks uh, if they're vaccinated and if they're testing. And I, I, I think the Nationals sort of followed suit. I know that Illinois had a, a um, the, uh, phases that they were going through. They needed to get through that phase to get to this phase. But I think if you're fully vaccinated and you show a, a test that um, within 72 hours, I think they're going to do it like every major event. And that's what's going on right now on most racetracks, uh, most baseball games, uh, most big sporting events. So um, excited because I really think um, with it being virtual last year, people still want to get out. Uh, I looked last night. The hotel rooms are filling up already, and most of them are booked already. So I think people kept their reservations. I think the hotels let them keep their reservations because they were wondering on the state whether they were going to go to that stage five um, or phase five. And they are, and you and I are, are, are pumped up because we've been sort of setting for this July date. We didn't want it to get backed up to October. Let's get right into the purchases as uh, we okay. are accruing this money, and we're, we're building this collection to build up to that specific time to sell these cards. And look, Paul, over the last couple of years, everybody's talking about the Luca prism. He's off the back foot. He's shooting a little 15 foot runner. And did you get it in PSA 10 or did you buy it raw or what'd you pay for it? And you, my friend, I've actually, I've been collecting for a good two, three years now. And I feel like 
getting back into the hobby. I feel like I was maybe a little bit late to the Luca party. So I don't have one prism rookie Luca in my collection or in Sal's, but you, my friend, jumped on the jumped on the wagon this week. Well, I've been starting to take your advice a little bit and starting to figure out a lot of things. Uh, a couple tips on eBay. Good, good little tip is to try to buy a card before payday um, for a lot of people. Um, you end up getting the card a li- little bit cheaper. Now, if you buy a card maybe on the first, second, or third, or on the 15th, 16th, or 17th, it might go for a little more. Last night, I was trying to go for another Jimmy Butler marquee. Again, I got outbid. But the Luca, it was a raw Luca. Um, and the guy had a great response. He had 100% feedback. He had shown five different um, uh, different views of it, and it looked very crispy. Now, he had offered 350 for it. I lowballed him big time. I, I went back with 250 We went with him and Holland back and forth, and we settled right on 280 Now, most of them are off. They look crispy. They're, they've been going for like 450 to 400 um, I'm going to send it off to HGA and get it graded. Um, and go from there and take my shot. But I thought $280 was a reasonable reasonable price for a, a raw card that looked pretty well from a reasonable buyer that has good feedback. Now, I think that as the playoffs are set to begin this week, we got the play-in tournament and the playoffs, I think that now naturally we have to see a bump back up in, in basketball cards. Yep. But sticking with the Luka PSA 10, this – okay, I'm going to give you a stat. And this is concerning, right, for anybody that's got money in the game. So the the peak – for the Luca PSA 10, which I believe was after he hit the shot versus the Clippers in the yeah, bubble. In the bubble. Okay, the peak for the PSA 10, $2,136 at 33 cents. Okay. But the most recent one, $945.08. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a big pullback. But what people need to see, that's from last August to this May, 2100 down to 945. Here's the thing, though. In 2019, when this data started, what was it going for? Seventy-five dollars and sixty-four cents. Mm-hmm. And look, look at the LeBron. The, you know they're they're kind of mirroring each other. The LeBron. I went with the PSA nine, something that's somewhat affordable that maybe somebody could have a mint condition LeBron tops rookie. Yeah. The peak, which was earlier this year in February, two thousand eight hundred ninety-seven dollars. The most recent, one thousand five hundred and twenty-five. We're talking almost half. But again, let's peel back to where we started. Let's go back to October, just of two thousand nineteen. 131 bucks and 21 cents. So, I mean, this this um, market has literally multiplied and multiplied. And now, you know, we're seeing a decent pullback. But, I mean, again, you got to – and we're not even digging back to 2003. The, the beginning point for this data is just going back two years. Yeah, it is. It is. So, like, so are we saying that the Luca is holding strong at, at 900 right now? Say say if it was in the offseason, right now it's going to be holding, at, I would say, a $1,000 card. A PSA yep. 10, it's a $1,000 bill. Easy. Um, the PSA nines have been going for like four or five hundred, somewhere in mm-hmm. that area. So, um, yeah, it, it's a good investment anyway, um, and especially you know he's going to carry the limit. Listen, it's playoff time. This is when the big boys. This is when the teams aren't going nine, ten deep. They're going seven deep. The big boys are going to get a lot of volume. Um, this is where Luca. This is where Anthony Davis. This is where Jimmy Butler. This is where Trey Young. Tonight's going to be a very key night for me and for you as well. Uh, hoping that LaMelo Ball can put on a, a show at least for a couple um, games of that series. Um, uh, there's a, it, Like you said, like I invested about $1,000 in Jimmy Butler. I did, flat out. You know I did. I mean, I love the guy, and he's from Chicago. I'm hoping that he make another big run. Um, so um, 
I think a lot of people with a lot of cards are can't wait for tonight to start the playoffs and, and can't wait for the playoffs. You're right, because these things peak up and back. Somebody goes for 39, 10, and whatever, like a Michael Porter Jr., uh, an affordable guy that's start on a little bit on the rise. Is is Jokic cards actually going to start going up when that, the public actually sees the guy play and he's going to be the MVP, even though they're not spiking at all? You know, is Donovan Mitchell going to come back to his his eliteness that he was in the bubble? Will his card start to resurge again? Or who's going to be that one guy that somewhat takes off? Like, you know, um, like Hero. I guess Hero was I guess Hero was a surprise that took off in the bubble last year that went from I would say from the outhouse to the penthouse, as in like pennies to his cards went for a little bit more money. Um, I would say like um, him and who else would you say killed oh, okay. Mitchell Stick and Murray sticking with uh, Tyler hero for just a second at the, at the midpoint of last season, which was his rookie year. I did a, uh, I took the top 15 draft picks and I took the prism silver raw just to see what they were. Okay. And out of the top 15, Tyler hero was the second cheapest out of the top 15 picks. I mean, you got wow. Sekou Dumboya was in there. Romeo Langford, I think, was actually bringing up the trailer because he he was injured. But, you know, of the of the top 15, he was the second lowest. And then he became kind he of a cult so, hero. He was lower than quickly? No, I'm ta- so I'm talking about oh, the no, no. year prior. The year, yep. year prior. Okay, year yep. prior. Okay. So any you you name him other than Romeo Langford, who was not playing, who was injured, Easy. All, all the other 13 that were playing were more expensive than him. And then he takes off like a rocket ship. Unbelievable. And his, uh, the mosaics, I got them the two mosaics. Like they went, they're going like for 50, 60, 75. He's still pretty reasonable because here's the thing. He's still the sixth man. He's not getting a ton of minutes, um, but he's playing his role. Um, but he's still a young kid. He's still an investment guy, yet he's still a guy that could go because supposed to trust him in tight spots to use him as um, the guy on the floor within the last five minutes of the game. But he doesn't start him, so maybe he doesn't have that appeal. Um, so he's a tricky, tricky guy. But he showed off in the he showed up in the bubble um, last year, and if he shows up in the playoffs this year, his his cards will get a bump again. So we put a question out there, and we also put it on Twitter from one of our last shows. Of which one of the prospects over the last three years would you invest in? We had Lamelo Ball, we had John Morant, we had Zion, we had Luca, and I guess to no surprise, somewhat convincingly, Luca. Ended up winning the poll. Zion was in second, who, by the way, he's not heading to the playoffs. But LaMelo is a guy that we've been really high on, and that, that was my favorite pickup here over the last week. So your, tell us about your buddies that were, were cracking open the packs this weekend on our Instagram Live, including a box of Crown Royal. Yeah, I had a couple of buddies of mine here in New York City um, that they've cracked over $50,000 in product over the, the pandemic and everything. They actually got some more stuff, too, some more optic that they're going to sit on. Um, they've been cracking open a lot of UFC because it's just unknown. Everybody's rookie card. I think that's sort of been the buzz too with now new, the upper deck golf coming out. Is this going to be everybody's rookie card? Like Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Spieth. Now you did say that you heard somebody pulled a Tiger Woods, um, one out of 25 and they do have a lot of inserts. Nicholas is on the box. So I'm sure they're going to have some crazy Nicholas inserts too. So, um, yeah, we opened up some crazy stuff. They, he he has the Burrow to a Herbert autograph. Um, I would say that's what if I about a five thousand dollar bill. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a one on one McCollum that we showed off on, on uh, Saturday night that I thought it was pretty cool. He had a CD Lamb that we pulled out 
of one of the boxes. I think that was, I forget what it was, six or seven select. out of 10. Yeah. It was a select. Yeah. So, um, and they're going to open up some more product too. So they got into it like uh, three some odd years ago or two some odd years mm-hmm. ago, really buying cards. So he's got more recent guys and then he's got older guys. He doesn't really have a lot in the middle. See, most of the collectors are telling the same story. They were in the game, they were out of the game, and now they're re-entering. And, you know, when he was opening those Crown Royal boxes of basketball, there's one specific card in there that I, I just absolutely adore, and it's the LaMelo Rookie, but it's the cracked ice or crystal finish. Got the crown up top. I usually die, die cut cards. I'm not against them, but I always, I guess, would prefer just a regular card. But something about the Crown Royal with the crown at the top, and this one had the crystal on it. And there was, they were going for right at about 200 and you don't want to buy something right when the product comes out sometimes. Yeah, of course. If it's, if it's, if it's ultra rare, they say, try to get it when the product comes out because they're going to get more and more scarce. Of if, course. You know, if you want to give it time, the base rookies, they'll go down, but this one was in the $200 range. I found an auction for a guy that was running a store with no graded. This one had great corners and finally got the thing to land for, for 195 out the door. So that Lamelo, I really and the and the box is three twenty five, you know. So there's another case yeah. that you'd be able to pull well, a hog for less it, than the box price. Yeah, it is. And speaking of that, you you were telling me on the way that Target has decided that they are not going to carry baseball cards. Speaking anymore. of boxes, they're gone. So now, my my LeBron cracked ice. Mm. Where would I be able to pull that now? Yeah, you know these flippers still have boxes i'm sure but uh that's a good question here's my thing about here's my thing about target and, and panini especially and i have been critical of panini for a few reasons delaying the prism for too long and allowing these nfts to, to somewhat take a big chunk of the space um i believe only having one factory they're printing the whole big green and, and blue thing that's spinning on that 23 degree axis paul everybody in the world is wanting cards and you're telling me that they have one factory you know i'm I, I'm starting to get with you on this. Listen, when I first started signing for Panini, Panini didn't have a license in MLB baseball. They didn't have a license anywhere. It was you, I was signing cards with nothing on my Dodger uniform. It was just blank. Uh, they're they're playing with a little bit of danger here, letting everybody in um, and not producing the stuff uh, quickly enough. Because you get the license for MLB baseball, you you got to pay for it, and that's why Upper Deck now only has what golf, and they're gonna. I think they were gonna release a, a hockey product maybe soon. Um, Panini right now has – it's not like we were trying for anything, but my buddy made a good point. What's, what's happening is you're, re, you're releasing everything late and you're delaying everything late. And now PSA is saying that you can get your cards back in 11 months. Okay, say my card right now is worth $1,000, Luka Doncic. I send it away. What if Luka Doncic gets in a car crash in the next five months? And your card's sitting over there in PSA. It's now a $1,000 card that I don't want to get graded and he might never play again. God forbid. But I'm just saying, what about injuries in the 11 months? You're holding people's cards hostages for for almost a year where something dramatic can happen, a trade, he can go to a worse team and his value goes down. So you're basically could be losing value while you send your cards away. This is the problem that we're having here that I don't know if PSA is backing up Panini a little bit or Panini's backing up everybody else, but Somebody needs to hire some more people. That's just the bottom line. Here's Panini's problem and why they – because at my Target in southern Indiana, they had a sign up, and it it was right when you walked in the door. And it said something like, we're now limiting cards and Pokemon cards, because I know Pokemon's got some crazy collectors out there Mm that will run somebody over to get the product. 
but it said we're now limiting to like three uh, a guest. And I was like, wow, like to have a sign as you walk into the store and then give it, you know, three weeks later. And then the announcement comes that they're just going to discontinue the whole thing. The problem for Panini is when I was collecting, even let's say 15 years ago, a blaster box was 19.99. And now a blaster box is 19.99. And the reason that people are slugging each other out in the morning is because they can take the 20 and sell it for 50 or 75. No yeah. problem. Why did Panini never bring it up to 39.99? Make somebody think about it. Make the flip not so easy. Why have they had the, the, the market has boomed? I just told you that the LeBron has multiplied 20 times over and they haven't increased the price in 15 because, years? No, that's that's what they want. They want everybody to say, oh, look, you could have got this for 1999. Now this box is worth about 20,000. Like, you know, that's what they want you to see. Um, I told you this. Um, Target could have, you know, boxed all that up. You know, when you go into like a, a, a Walgreens and you try to get razors, you need somebody to open up the, the, the thing mm. for you. They could have boxed, they could have boxed all those up, prevented fights and all this stuff. And just put a thing up there. And Panini, they could have said $39.99. No, it's not worth $39.99. It's worth a thousand. But they are a large chain. They can't do that. It's just like if you go in the produce section at Target and there's one avocado left, they can't say, Oh, by the way, that's the last avocado. It's worth 70. You got to pay me $75. It's that's not how it works at a Target. Now you can do that at a hobby store. Obviously, when you get stuff for like $39.99 and go, wait a second, this isn't $39.99. It's our deal. We've been dealing with Panini for a long time so we're able to get these boxes at this price and then sell them what we want it's just not the way it works when it comes to chain stores like that so i don't know what's going to happen with walmart i don't know who else sells if walgreens still sells but those boxes i wonder what they're going to do with them or if they're going to cut them out or not so um my other thing to get back to psa is you and i can look at a card Honestly, 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 how long would it take you to grade a card? Minute. Exactly. That's my friggin' issue. That's my friggin' issue. They're going the minute. Then they're going on. Ooh, let's see how many tens. I don't want to give this a 10, maybe because there's not that many tens out there. Ooh, there are a lot of tens, so I can give this a 10. Oh, wait a second. This guy's been waiting 190 days and nine months for this crispy LeBron. He's, you know what? Let's give him an eight so he'll be pissed off. Like, like, bro, not that hard. Grade the card as it is. That's the problem I have with PSA. That's the problem I'm having with all this because they're not grading the card. They're grading the card, yep. and then they're comping it to whatever the other grades are. And if there's no 10s out there, they're scared shitless to give it a 10. It's bottom line, and you know that because we heard it from the JSA people because I got stuff signed by Tiger Woods. I got stuff signed by Mickelson and what they straight tell me and Jordan. Oh, no, 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 no. If none of this stuff is on the internet, none of this stuff is authenticated. I'm like, uh, me and Mickelson went to school together. I showed him everything. They're like, yeah, we believe you, but there's no signed balls of Mickelson on the internet that are certified. So that's what it comes down to. And that's what PSA and JSA is doing. I have baseball stuff signed by Michael Jordan. He played in the, in the, right across from me at, at Peoria, he, uh, two blocks down from my house where I grew up. They said he doesn't sign baseball stuff. Didn't believe me. If they're not going to believe me, who else are they going to believe? So that's what's happening. You have these people that are grading the cards, but they're not grading the cards. They're copying the cards after they're grading them, and that's what's making such a slow process. I totally agree because, as I've said before on the show, I sent five cards. That's it. I went to the Long Beach Collector Show. 
I sent five cards to PSA like a year ago and I got them back and I could not believe what they gave my LeBron tops rookie. Now I'm not the first person to think obviously that the grading company, you know, graded them harshly, but to put that into perspective, I can see anything in my LeBron, the centering looked great. The edges, I even cracked it out of the case. Two guys at the store looked at it. They gave it an eight. Now to compare that, Paul, one other thing I had in that five card shipment was a 1972 Roberto Clemente, which I thought was in good condition. It was obviously very off-centered. It was very low on the card, but the mm-hmm. edges were solid. The, for a 1972, they gave that a seven. I couldn't, I couldn't find one spec on the LeBron. And people have been saying that the population control, if it is the thing, was revolving around the high-end base, mm-hmm. which would be a Luka prism or a LeBron uh, tops, one that there's a lot out there. And the tens are going through the roof. Like you look at my Roberto Seven, which is cl- there's clearly imperfections that you could see on it. And then my LeBron Eight, who I've pulled out, and and it had three people look at it under a magnifying glass. They can't find even one thing. You're telling me that got an eight, and the Roberto got a seven, a fifty year old card. Come on. I agree. I agree. And there's a lot of other older cards too. Sometimes I look at them and I'm like, man, this guy's grading on it. It's just like you got to get the grader on a right day. It's just the bottom line, and that's. I know that's made the industry, but it, it, it could hurt it in in the in the long run. Let's be honest. I mean, you have some guy that's grading your card that's now taken eleven months, and then you might get the cards back and be completely disappointed, and you might lose profit, and you're paying a ton of money to get these things graded, and then not to get them back for a long time. It's hard. It, it, it's hard. It's I I don't get some of their explanations. I remember one time the guy was like, "Call Mickelson." I'm like, "What?" I go, I got Tim Mickelson's, I got his brother's number. You want me to call his number? I even had Tim Mickelson's brother call and said that, that that's Phil's autograph, and they wouldn't authenticate it. It's yep. just, if it's not comped, if there's nothing on the internet that says Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. there's nothing really on the internet Michael Jordan signed baseball, they're not going to do it. There's not very many Tiger Woods balls unless they were really, really early, and they're not going to do it. So, um that's half of the problem, 100% half the problem, because I look at a card right now and I can say nine, nine and a half, ten. What do you think? Pass it to two other people, slab it, go. Not hard, not difficult at all. Very, very simple. You're taking a magnifying glass, you're doing all this stuff. No, they're not. They're going to the pop reports and they're saying, okay, wait a second. There's only two tens out there. I can't give this a 10 because if I give this a 10, people are going to go, oh, wait a second, this guy, a, a bad grading. They don't want to, the graders don't want to be hung out to dry. And, and I don't know who's putting the pressure on them, but it, it's turned into something like you look back and you look at some of the cards. Now, the older cards, like all the Jimmy Butler's that I've been looking at, you see a lot of tens, a lot of slab tens. You look at a lot of the newer cards now, Lamellos and all these ones that haven't been graded or have been graded. You don't see many tens. Well, I, I know some. I know some group, some bulk subbers, right? That like, let's say, eighteen months ago would be doing it when it was like as low as eight dollars a card. They get a whole shipment back. Now, granted, these are cards they picked that they thought were good. They would, they would get no eights, like like maybe one eight out of two hundred cards, nines and tens all day, lots of tens and stuff. So obviously, they've rearranged the grading scale. And when you were talking about when JSA came to our place and authenticated a lot of your autographs, you know, I was pretty. I was pretty amazed by that process. I kind of thought it'd be a sticker party with the sticker on and this, that, but obviously, you know, they, they know the signatures mm-hmm. and, and a lot, of course a lot of your stuff was, uh, you know, authentic and they would go through the process. There were some, like, let's say there was like a Clint Eastwood 
eight yeah, by ten. It's a secretary oh, yeah, secretarial. It. Yeah. A Ben Hogan ball that um, before they didn't even have to look at it. The Ben Hogan ball was on like a 1997 top flight, but he quit signing in 1995. So like there were a few disparities, yeah. but like you said, the ones that you really wanted to get done, the tiger, which you know is real. Like you say, that pop report was a little, uh, I don't know if we can do that. Or like your Jordan that you got in the minor league days. So the ones that you really wanted to get done, they actually took a few pictures, sent it back to the headquarters for more, you know, for more information about if they can figure out if it's real or not. But the big ticket items, they were a little nervous to, to put the authentication, even though you knew and potentially they knew it was real. I actually sent a picture of me and Mickelson shaking each other's hands. He was player of the year at Arizona State uh, a couple of years, the year before me. And uh, we did a function together, shook hands with him, got a couple of base, uh, golf balls signed by him. I sent him that picture and everything, and they still wouldn't. So, yeah, sometimes they're just scared to put something on uh, on a report that they don't want to be liable for it and think it may not be real or not. So. You know, and then I got the Payne Stewart, Jack Nicholas hat that I had signed. That was authenticated, and they, they sent that through. They're, they're okay with Jack's autograph. But for some reason, with Tiger and Mickelson, the whale, whale type of guys in Jordan, uh, and even my Magics and Birds, they wouldn't, they wouldn't really authenticate those either, too. So it's okay. You know, no big deal. I mean, it, it's something that I have, and eventually – when my collection grows and people know, you know, what's going on that I still got them. They're still sitting, sitting around and waiting there. And I'm hoping that I'm just going to get Phil on a good day and just have Phil call JSA and go, man, those are real. <laughs> I let, let's get a few more of our pickups. We actually had some pretty decent uh, volume this week. And one little set that I think is very uh, overlooked is the mosaic basketball set from last year. Everybody knows that the silvers hit really hard. Uh, but they had a USA version of the mosaics last year. And like, I got three Durant's. One of them was $15 out the door. The other one, I got a lot of two for 17. So, you know, those were like seven, eight bucks though. I mean, looks great. Going to be selling them right around the Olympics. I talked a guy down on a Larry bird to, to 15 out the door. There weren't many Larry birds. I got a magic Johnson's in that set, Paul. So I kind of scooped up a bunch of these USA mosaic silver, Durant, I got a Curry. The Curry was the most expensive, $30 for him. But between Bird, Johnson, Durant, and Curry, those things are going to be looking nice at the Nationals going through the Olympics. Yeah. Sweet. I picked up some more Jimmy Butler's. Got the stained glass. Um, you had your Butler. eye on the stained glass for a while. You did some some day-long bartering with the seller. Yeah, him and I were going back and forth. I love the card. I do. I love the card. Um, it looks like, a, like you're in a... a, a uh, old school Catholic church type of card is, that has, has that kind of look. It's got the black borders, but what I loved about it, it had the black border. Like I hate black border cards, but knowing it's being a, it, it's a stained glass, the black borders will be crispy. When, when a black border card is crispy, they look phenomenal. So um, I think I got that for a little bit over 200. Um, I want to slab that. Um, I got another Butler that was out of 21. Um, uh, that's what I liked about it. Cause his number is 21. I picked up one of those and then I picked up the, I picked up seven mellows. Um, I paid 160 for seven mellows, uh, the, the base, basic Don Ross are about 20, 25 a pop right around that 22 a pop somewhere in that area. Yeah. Um, and then I got one of the parallels. Um, I picked up the parallel for like 75 of that same Don Ross. Um, so I went on a little mellow and a Jimmy Butler spree. So. 
Yeah, I picked up a couple of uh, Damian Lillard mosaics. Uh, one was a one was a PSA nine silver for thirty bucks. It cost wait, wait, thirty. Tell, tell everybody the, the text you sent me last night. I said they're buddies. They yeah. they're next, to, and one's not trying to outdo the other. Come on, one was a ten, one was a nine. But look, the ten ended for seventy three, and then the nine ended for thirty one. So. I would say out of that, the 10 was probably the steal because usually it's more like a three-time multiplier. Yeah, right? This time was what, two. what was the 10 comping for? What is it sold for? Well, there's not many of them because, you know, just Mosaic came out last year and uh, there really hasn't been way too many hit the market. Everybody was grading the rookies. Yeah. Sometimes not always the silver. Yeah, they're so, nice looking cards. I mean, I uh, I saw you were the Lillards. Did you do anything in baseball or you and I have been like, although Bo Bichette's picked it up a tiny bit for us, but. You know, baseball, I feel like I'm going to get into baseball uh, midway through the NBA playoffs. I, I feel right. like the time's ticking because once once LeBron does a reverse slam or once Steph goes for 40 and takes the Lakers to the wire or something like that, you know, these prices, I feel like, inevitably have to go up. So baseball, I'm, I'm excited to get back in, but it's not the sleepy season just yet. I think that yeah. you've got precious few moments to get your deals on basketball before we tip these playoffs. No, you do. They start tonight? I mean, playing games or, or playing teams will start tonight. Excited. Uh, and how about the Lakers in Gold State? I mean, I think you'll get an uptick immediately, too, uh, from that series. So it's going to be exciting, like you said. Uh, it's going to be exciting playoffs because there's there's middle guys, too. There's Chris Middletons. There's guys like that. What, what do you want to do with those type of guys if they have huge playoff games? Because they're a little bit older. Can you make a little bit of money on them? Or – um, or, you know, Tyrese Maxey and those type of guys, are they going to be able to, to, to take off a little bit? There's going to be one guy. There's going to be one unknown that's, that's cheap right now. It's going to take off in the playoffs, and then there's going to be your stalwarts. You know that. So uh, our producer, Joel, in the chat says, does Paul ever name drop a shows? Just like, hey, I'm Paul Duca. I have nearly 500 career RBIs. Like, hook it up. <laughs> and, and the answer to that is you, you don't necessarily go out of your way, that's for sure. Um, but when we went to the Lexington show not too long ago, a couple guys were like, hold on a second, you play for the Dodgers? And then – before you know, he strike up a conversation. And before you know, he's giving you this like Marvel's Michael Jordan and Larry Bird card. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. He said that if you, if you grade him, they're this and that. Yeah. Um, you know me, Caleb. I'm I'm five foot eight, five foot nine. Not the biggest guy in the world. So like when people look at me, I mean, if I had a dollar for every time somebody ever said, "Man, you look smaller in person," um, uh, I'd be a bazillionaire. Um, I'm just not like that. Like never have been. Sometimes ask me, people ask me for my autograph. I always sign with my number. I'm, I always try to be pretty gracious. And uh, I like taking pictures. You and I have both been on set. We take pictures with, with fans, too, as well. I think that's my favorite thing because, you know, pictures last forever, you know? I just cannot wait to get to Chicago. There's so many. I mean, I've even been, like, I, we got this 812 vintage shop. I've got I've got a Mets old school jersey. I got a Reds jersey. I got, got to get a Lewis Robert jersey. I'm thinking about, like, what I'm thinking about what I'm going to be wearing there and whatnot and who we're going to see. But this – being on the floor, I would go to the flea market in Louisville once a month, and you know they have booth after booth after booth of like random trinkets and whatever. But you know there would be like five or six card booths, and I pretty much knew exactly where they were. So now to think about a whole showroom with yeah, only cards and just the people, the people that we're going to meet. You know, I got there's so many content creators out there uh, like Lameem James and. Uh, Lucas Tigers of Bronze and, uh, you know, Cardboard Chronicles and House of Jordans and Stacking Slabs. It goes on forever. I mean, these are these are guys that I've been been following their shows for a long time. And, you know, to meet 
I'm looking at them like me and them in person is going to be like a, a celebrity sighting for me to finally see the whites of their eyes and talk cards and maybe work a deal. Yeah, and it's going to be fun. I, I, I had a feeling I'm going to see some old faces. You know, I used to walk around card shows when I was nine, 10 years old, and I have a feeling there people are going to come up to me. Uh, my dad's already mentioned a couple names. The guys that still have cards, guys in Vegas too, if they're going to recognize me as a little kid. But yeah, I'm excited too um, to meet some new people in the game. Obviously, Jimmy has taken us on a great ride. Um, and it just continues to take us on a great ride so far. Um, but can't wait to get out <clears throat> to the Nationals and see the card collection, see where everything's going. We've obviously seen what Jimmy has, unbelievable stuff. But there's a lot of guys that have tremendous stuff. Like you were saying, like a lot of those guys didn't follow me on Instagram. And to look to, through some of their collections is is amazing. And and like you said, so many people have gotten into this game. Just my buddy who just got into this game lives right down the block here in the city. They're going to pop up some more UFC. Hmm. He wants to send his stuff to Starstock because Starstock doesn't even have anything on UFC yet. No cards. He wants to be the first guy. He's going to contact them to be the first guy to stick UFC cards on. The issue is they're all rookie cards. A lot of people don't know what they're worth, but if you're going to get in, you're going to get in. But here's the thing. They're $1,200 a box. They're not cheap. They're not cheap. So – we're going as sellers, which, you know, I, I said before we started our show, our season that I'm, I'm not very good at selling things, but we're going to be good at selling this time around. So I'm going in as a seller, but of course, we're, we're going to be having our eyes on a few things. So I'm going to give you a second to think about one of your wish list items. But one of the things I've had in mind is when I go to this Nationals, you know, maybe for my own collection is to try to complete the Prism Silver set from last year for basketball. Yeah. How many, how, many, how many do you have left? You were, you were saying? So it's it's a 300-card set, and I've got 260, which sounds like a lot. The only problem is the 40 that I'm missing are the most, pretty much the most expensive. So, you know, I'll just go through the floor, and wherever I get the camera to shear or the bowl bowl here, I'm going to buy them, buy them raw and um, complete this 300-card set. I've got, you know, I've got big multiples of some of the commons, and here and there I've got uh, a – Key rookie uh, or Giannis. All, so, so of all the major guys, you're missing Luca. Well, it's not it's not Luca's rookie, but yes, I am missing Luca. His are about his is about one fifty. The key is, is the Zion. The Zion's probably at least a thousand. The Jaws like f- close to five hundred, and then you know the Hero three hundred and so on. So it'll add, it'll start to add up. But I think that the competition there, maybe trying to find deals, going through boxes, or just working out something there. I mean that that's the time where I got to complete this Prism Silver set. Yeah, this is one where you need to pull, like, you and I are going to pull a pack here pretty soon with, like, a Herbert 2. We'll sell it for, like, 10, and then you go finish your set, and then I'm going to go buy some Marcus Vittori's. Marcus Vittori, June 12th, is is fighting for the UFC championship, and my boys are telling me he's legit. Um, I'm looking at a lot of his cards right now. They're base 10 bucks, but he's got a lot of, like, cool, like, blue and pink mosaics and fractors and all this, and they're all around 50. I think the most you pay is 80. So it's actually a little bit of a gamble. If you're going to bet on the guy to win the fight, you might as well buy $500 of worth of his cards, right? And if he wins, you never know what happens. So I know two of your big wish lists from the 80s. One's unattainable. One Jimmy has in his vault, this white star. Oh, Jordan. my God. Yeah, Save yeah. it. You've already told us a zillion times. The white star and Paula Duca, you sat there at night as a kid and looked up at your ceiling. And just envisioned- But my whole thing is, is like, I, I don't know. Jimmy can put any price he wants on it. I mean, I like. Have you seen another one? The other, the other car from the eighties, which I was not, I don't know about surprise, but I was kind of intrigued. I know that you have always wanted a high grade Ricky Henderson rookie. Well, I had one, um, and you saw it, 
it was crispy. Okay. You and I both were like, okay, this thing's an easy nine. Well, I ended up getting it back. It happened to be trimmed. And I was like, no way. So you never really know. I had bought in the car when I was at the car shop when I was a kid. Um, and we had kept that card because we knew it was a very nice card. Um, and then I remember the guy that I was working with came in with a regular Henderson and it was, com- mine was considerably smaller. Somebody had literally, um, trimmed my card to like perfect perfection and it knocked it down to an eight. Um, and I was just upset, but cause I think to me of all the iconic players, um, you know, people always go for home runs, this and that. The thing that matters the most, Caleb, in baseball is RBIs and runs scored. That's the object of the game. You score runs. And no man in history has crossed the plate more than Ricky Henderson. And that card in 1980 is just such an awesome card of his batting stance. You know, that leg straight out, his his great stance. And he's got records that, come on, man. I don't even think MLB total last year stole 140-some-odd bases. He stole them in one year. Like, I mean, the stuff that he did... Um, amazing. So yeah, that card is probably my favorite card aesthetically. And I always wanted it to be a dime. So I have looked a little bit because I was a little upset about mine. Um, but they're just hard to find to be a 10. Last time I looked, they're going for a lot of money. Now that takes some stones to be able to, or to be willing to trim a card of that of that you know quality because yeah. there's actually a 30 for 30 short this this is a quick google if anybody wants to get this one 30 for 30 short about the honus wagner yeah are the most famous card of all time most one that you're, you're talking one that the one that gretzky bought and, actually, Gre- yeah. and gretzky bought it with a partner gretzky yeah. didn't even buy the thing outright and i want to say that gretzky and the partner had somewhat known it was altered but mm-hmm. They sort of didn't care. It was still worth the money, it even was, though to this day, I think it's it was cut, right? It, it was, was very, trimmed. very slightly trimmed to give it a yeah. better edge. And another yeah. another famous trimming is if you ask any 90s Jordan insert guy, if they could have one card, every one of them would tell you, price. take the price out of it. Every one of them would tell you they would want the precious metal gems, Michael Jordan, for yeah. the FLIR metal set. There was 100 of them total. Yeah. There was 90 red, and then there was only 10 green where he's dunking a planet. Well, one of the greens come up about about a year ago, and Nat super tur- super collector Nat Turner, who eventually would buy PSA with Steve yeah. Cohen, he buys all the whale cards. This thing was altered in a case, so it shows that hey, it's real, but it's been altered, and the thing went for three hundred eighty-four thousand. I don't get it. I, I I just don't get it. And then you have all the fake. A lot of people forget they came out with the fake Jordans. The fake uh, star cars, those mm-hmm. were a little bit of a fad for a little while. And people were buying those when the documentary came out of The Last Dance. I got like 20 of those. Like, it's crazy. Like, they were just giving those out, I remember. Um, so, it's crazy what cards are going for. Those Skybox flare cards of of, of Jordan and, and Bird and Magic covering each other, those are dollar, dollar cards are going for $100, $150. So... It's insane with these guys ever since the last dance. And, but that Jordan 84 white, the 84 star white Jordan, that's the first Jordan card ever made of Michael Jordan. I think Jimmy could put any price on it. I really could. 
Speaking of Jimmy, cannot wait to make the haul with him. And uh, we're actually going to be going on to his website. And uh, we've talked about some eBay purchases. We've already bought from the store and from the yeah. website. But KentuckyRoadshowShop.com. And I really like the way that they have their website laid out. They have an under $40 tab, which I like to hit, to try to hit the bargains before. Yeah. And, and they'll ship it right to you. And again, roll into the national with Jimmy. I mean, you're obviously with good people. And I think that um, I'm kind of just um, – I'm already thinking like – do we make it to the Cubs game or we're going to get to the White Sox game? Of course, we're going to have the trade night. But, I mean, there's the, the world's our oyster, my friend, in Chicago last week of July. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I'm going to get his tickets to the White Sox game. I already got that hooked up. Um, got my boy from the Mets clubhouse. We'll, we'll get the White Sox game. I got 10 tickets for that game. We're going to have to be spaced out because I want to have Jimmy, Trey, and all the boys. And then – I'm sure we'll meet somebody there or so one of Jimmy's friends. Jimmy's got friends all over the place. So we're going to go to the game. That's definitely number one. Number two, I have a bad feeling you and I are going to spend some money on a lot of things like buying stuff from other people. It's going to be very interesting what happens. Like if we sell our collections, how we sell our collections, if we piece it or if I want to sell it as an auction. I don't know. I, I, I haven't decided yet. Are you going to sell yours piece to piece? What are you gonna do? Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking piece to piece. Some of them maybe I'll group them together. If I find one one collector that really wants, you know, a Damian Lillard, and I got three or four of them, maybe we could do a deal for, for yeah. a junk. Okay. Yeah. You think you're gonna have to eat some on some cards? Eat money on some cards? We're gonna have to eat Always. money on some cards. Always. Yeah. yeah. You know, like like I said, when I was selling on Starstock, you know. Uh, all the ones I sold for a good long time, it was always profit. That's the reason that I was selling them. And then it got to a point where I realized that some wouldn't be able to sell for my original price. And I look, I've made like two or three or six X on some of these. So I can afford to sell this one for 60% or even 30%. Just so like, I kind of learned as a business, you know, small time businessman on star stock that, you know, you can win by selling, you know, some things at a loss, knowing that others are hitting huge. So yeah. I never liked that idea, and I almost told myself I'm not selling anything for lower than I bought it. But you know, if you're blowing up profit on on these cards, eh, you can sell a few of these for less and, and continue to add to the kitty. That's true. That's true. It's just it's all about churning, churning, churning. Do you want to buy that one card? Like, say, if you churn, 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 make eight hundred. Boom! Buy that five hundred dollar card that you've always wanted. That is like a watch. It's not going to go down. A stall worth something to that aspect. The card that you've been looking for. You know what I mean? Um, Caleb and I have taking a shot with LaMelo because we feel he's a flashier guy that he might, his cards will go up a little bit and hopefully he puts on a, a nice little show. But the stalwarts are the stalwarts, the Michael Jordans, the birds, whatever. You can find those for cheap. They're going to stay at their value. That's just the bottom line. All right, before we wrap this episode, just going into the next week, I'm going to tell you that as the NBA playoffs start, I mentioned that I could get, get back into baseball. That's an idea as we've really been focusing. All of our pickups today were, were basketball. But I'm telling you, take a look this week. And start thinking ahead. Put yourself in late July, which, you know, actually, I think August 1st is the last day of the show. You know, August into September, you're getting close to training camp and the NFL season kicking off. Yes. And I think that this is a really great time for the investors to go out there and find your quarterbacks, hopefully that you can grade high. And I just think that as we get to the national the quarterbacks are who everybody's been wanting to stack up. They're only two months away from a potential breakout season and the price inflating. So I really feel like the quarterback market is, is where I'm going to turn to next once these yeah. NBA playoffs start. 100%. Couldn't be, couldn't agree with you more. You know, get through this and then everybody's going to start focusing on football and then football becomes a number one until you get into the baseball playoffs. So, um, yeah, I think the football carousel 
how you how you want to take it. Take a shot on Sam Darno. Take a shot on Teddy Bridgewater. Take a shot on some other guys, or stick with Justin Herbert. Maybe dust the uh, dump Justin Herbert. What do you want to do with the second year quarterbacks? You think they want? They're gonna like you said. Uh, they're gonna take the training wheels off of Tua this year and let him go a little bit because he's still pretty reasonable. So you're right. You got to make some decisions, and it's the quarterbacks. It revolves around the quarterbacks if you want to make some money. All right, that's going to be a wrap for this episode. Special thanks to everybody at the Extra Points Podcast Series and Cousin Sal for fronting this venture. We are getting closer to the National, which, by the way, it is on last week of July. We'll hopefully see you there in Chicago. You're going to love the content that we come up with and the stories and the cards that come from that. So hope everybody enjoys the first week of the NBA playoffs, including the play-in tournament. Paul, good luck this week on eBay. Thank you very much, man. I, I It's... I'm impulsive. I, I, you know how people are an impulsive eater? Like I'll go two or three days and then boom at midnight, I just start buying like 800 in cards. And that's what happened last week. I'm almost going to delete the app and then re put it on my phone in another week. You're so right. Because I remember <laughs> when you got the eBay app, the, the, you, there was two days where you were looking at your phone. I would say, huh? Yeah. Huh? Like literally. And I know that you you spend so much time and energy on one subject that you do need to disconnect for a day or two at a time. But when you get in the zone on eBay, like even I'm impressed. Oh, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I just got to hope Jimmy Butler carries the Miami heat because I invested a lot in my Chicago boy. All right. Until next time, may all your rookie cards be gems. <laughs>